0: Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host Chris Ward. This week we are sitting down talking to Luke Olet, uh, and we're talking all about his very first 100 mile ultra marathon. Uh, he did the Kodiak Ultra uh, in Big Bear Lake, California. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, I've truly enjoyed getting to know Luke over the last year or so. Um, he is one of the people we got to go uh basically weirdly watch their race uh, out at the stage race this summer um I don't know if it was weirdly but weird like I'm, I'm just imagining from the runner's perspective they'll like they like rounded a corner and all of a sudden we're just standing there like literally in the middle of nowhere just like hey man keep going <laughs> uh man we got this really cool shot of Luke just in all these giant heat waves and stuff. Uh, The heat waves were taller than him. So for about three minutes, it's just this, this dude running. And he just looks like uh, he looks like a mirage, which was really cool. But, uh, but yeah, on this episode though, we're going to mostly focus on Luke's um, hundred mile race. And this is the thing that I love about just endurance sports in general uh, which, if you've listened to the podcast before, um, you you know this at this point. But it for me, it's the it's the whole like emotional journey and like spiritual journey that someone goes on in their own brain. <laughs> That's really hard to express. You know, it's hard to. It's easier to be like, yeah, at mile fifty, like I was throwing up. Or, um, at mile 30, I was chafing like a madman, which by the way, just real quick, this, usually I try to keep the podcast PG 13 ish, you know? Um, but, uh, but Luke's, Luke's unfiltered at times. And when he's talking about his chafing, uh, <laughs> he drops a He drops a few bombs in there. Um, and I have to say, uh, if you've been there, like if you've been in one of these races and you've chafed in areas that he chafed and (laughs) as bad as he claimed he was chafing uh you would also be out there probably it's one of those things where like cursing in those moments like weirdly makes you feel better you know like you don't want to throw a pity party necessarily but but like like i'll take you back one second me and my friend calvin we're doing this adventure race and we're in a canoe and you my feelings on canoes are always like hey you're gonna whenever you get in it you're like this is gonna be super fun and then like five minutes later you're like oh my gosh like i never sit straight like i'm always hunched over so like this canoeing is is painful and anyways we had to go down this river like 10 or 11 miles and we thought the current was just going to take us because we're idiots who don't canoe. Um, and there was no current. Spoiler alert. We were just like, oh, that's the part of the race. We'll just float and it'll be cool, man. Put our feet in the water. Uh, no, it didn't happen. And during those moments, just yelling every curse word you could think of to the sky. And at like we were yelling at geese at one point because they were going faster than us it just it helps in a weird way i don't know how to i don't know how to uh how to really explain it but it, it totally helps so um so that comes up at a certain point so just just a fair warning <laughs> um yeah but yeah so talking to luke super fun um he had a really interesting journey on his 100 miler so let's get right into it this is the like a bigfoot podcast number 273 with luke Ullett.
1: i don't have to it's not a visual recording
0: right it's it does record it visually but i this is not scouts scouts honor even though everyone would enjoy the visual of you but yes right <laughs> <laughs> nice um all right you want to get started yeah sweet all right ladies and gentlemen this week i'm super excited to bring on my friend luke olet uh i asked him how to pronounce his last name he said like mullet so i have to start there have you ever rocked a mullet no many a mohawk but never a mullet see i feel like a mohawk is a total like la kind of deal but a mullet you have to go further inland for the mullet
1: i do agree (laughs) (laughs) i totally agree
0: not many mullets growing up in los angeles
1: no no los (laughs) angeles new york city no no not a lot of mullets happening but inland You know, Inland Empire, as they call it, about an hour Mm. east of L.A.
0: Oh, Uh a lot of mullets there. That's how you tell if you're like, like I went to L.A. once uh, to visit my friend Travis. He lives out there and I, I stayed with him for a week. And it seems like you're driving for like three hours and you're still in the city. Yeah. You know, so you're saying if I'm looking for when I see mullets, though, that's the official like you've left L.A you've you've yeah you've
1: gotten into the next county
0: oh my gosh all right well what a way to start it Luke uh I'm super excited to have you on the podcast we're gonna talk about your first 100 miler kind of like the main thing I want to hear about um because you know I was rooting I was rooting for you virtually like I was following your little dot as you as you Mm. went and ran it but but yeah man I kind of want to hear though like Just to dive into like a deeper question right off the bat, like, what do you find from like challenging yourself through these like endurance endeavors that you've been taking on recently?
1: Well, I'm a pretty high-strung person. So I feel like, you know, if I just am left to my own devices and I'm not doing any of these things and not running, um, I basically feel like a rubber band ball. And running just kind of lengthens that out and slows me down and gives me a little bit of breath. It's not such a tightly wound person though. It's still pretty hyper and tightly
0: wound. Let me tell you, but there's a little calm there. You notice like a bit of a difference. Yeah. Yeah. What would you like, I guess like kind of just, can you kind of describe like what, it would feel like if you if you weren't running versus like after you you challenge yourself or like you're going out and going on a training run and stuff like that what
1: what would it what would it be like if i wasn't running yeah
0: what is luke what is luke all it like not running because i've only seen you running dude (laughs) it's
1: like a Kind of noise
0: <laughs> nails on the chalkboard oh my gosh oh my gosh i love it i love it dude how did you like like when did you get into this whole thing like you know what i mean i've we've obviously talked quite a bit over the last year or so um but i've never really completely asked you just about like your background and in, in all of this
1: uh i think i started to well i don't really have it um you know, a huge athletic background, which is interesting because I I run with all these people that like, oh, I ran track and I did this and I did yeah. that. And, you know, I I uh, I went to um, a kind of interesting school, high school, and there wasn't a lot of concentration on college. So I, I went to a community college directly afterwards and realized that I was in 13th grade and strangely, one of the classes that I had signed up for was cross country. So I went to two of those classes and then never went again, (laughs) which nowadays at 50, I'm super bummed that I didn't do that. I I think it could have had so many years of fun, but, uh, so then that's early nineties. And I, um, you know, I, 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 didn't go and do anything, not no running until I think it was like, 07 2007 or 6 or 7 and yeah I think it was 2007 and a friend of mine was like hey let's go for a run and we ran 2 miles and it just killed me and um but I liked it cuz I like hiking but I'm a little impatient for hiking so I basically just consider trail running like hiking for the impatience you know um and uh and so you know I just I went I did another 2 or 3 miles and then another 2 or 3 miles and then four miles and then you know somebody said hey you should run a 50k yeah like, uh, okay and i'd never run anything more than 10 miles um so then i kind of tried to train and did like a 15 miler and then you know had a, i just when i went out there it was a fairly flat desert run in winter so it was you know winter in southern california so it wasn't snowing but it was cold it was, the wind was blowing i was like, 20 some odd degrees. And, and, and the, the vibe of trail runs back then was amazing. Yeah, Everyone was just so cool and, and just so nice. And, uh, and I was kind of hooked. Um, and it was, it was really exciting. I mean, I just loved the groove of the people in the community um, that was kind of around the same time that I had my first son. So they Kind of kept popping out every two years. I don't know what happened there. It was just weird, weird. And uh, <laughs> so there's three of them that didn't leave a lot of time for running. Yeah. Um, so uh, I didn't do a huge amount um, through the years. I did occasionals here and there. You know, same thing happened. Somebody said, "Oh, you should run a fifty miler," and I, of course, chose chose a difficult. 50 miler, um, the red rock 50, uh, which had I don't know a shit ton of climbing. And Where's that um, is
0: that
1: Santa Barbara. Okay. Um, and it was great. You walked in and the, and the race director, um, Louis Escobar, uh, was like, if you didn't read the website, it warns you that this shouldn't be your first 50. <laughs> and if it Just- is your first 50, you should leave. I don't want you here really. And I definitely don't care if you're whining. And if you look at your watch and it tells you that it's more miles than 50, I don't give a shit about that either. Um, there's a long, um, you know, there's like 10, 11 miles between aid stations. You're in the middle of the mountains. I'm not coming to get you. Yeah. Deal with it yourself. Um, so, and I just kind of, you know, I, I like that kind of attitude. So I was like, all right. this is yeah. gonna be fun and it was painful but it was good you're like he's
0: talking about me
1: right i'm not gonna fucking i'm not gonna stay out there i got pride and ego to think about (laughs) that guy and um so i did that and you know and then landed myself in a few 50s and other things and then a desert ultra and then the desert stage race of all time there
0: you go That's how we met. Uh, That's how we met. We've waited this long into the podcast. I'm not going to mention it. No, I'm going to mention it. We met at Desert (laughs) People are going to be like... You're not going to
1: mention it the same as you never say, I'm super excited.
0: (laughs) People (laughs) are going to be like, Chris... Is just doing desert rats so he can get guests on his podcast. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Should just
1: change the name of the podcast to the Desert Rats Podcast.
0: For real, dude. I, I try um, to space them out too because I'm like, people are gonna catch on. They're gonna yes. catch on to my to my guest booking strategy right now.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'll see the new like a new podcast come up and it'll be yeah. your new your, your new week podcast. I'll be like, oh that? I know that, that guy, yeah. I don't know that person, <laughs> and then left five minutes in, they're like, "Yes, we met at Desert Rap. Okay, I'm, like,
0: hey. I'm not embarrassed go. by it, dude. I'll own it, man. I love that thing. I love it, and it's fun. And I get to meet cool people like you. And yeah, dude. Well, dude, I have to say, like, so it's an interesting path because some people get into ultras and then they're instantly doing 100 milers, or they're instantly doing like eight races a year. And, you know, you said part of the reason was you you had kids, you had three kids. And it's I mean, I know it's just hard to to find the time to train, but also the time to like go out for events and all that stuff, you know, um, what when like did you find it important to you during that like when your kids were younger to like have a goal that you were like actually working towards every so often to kind of like stay like. I guess, like disciplined with exercise or was that, did you just do it kind of just for fun or something to do?
1: I mean, I think I'm like many people where it's, you know, if I didn't have a a race on the calendar, then, then I didn't have, then I didn't, there was no like need to train. Yeah. So, but then I also got to a point where I wanted to just remember to run because I loved the feeling and I loved getting out there and I loved I really try and make it a point to smile and say hi to people as yeah. they pass me by, especially if they're crabby. Um, and, uh, and so I, um, I I wanted to, so there was a couple of years there where I really just wanted to run because I love running and I liked the races and they were fun as well. Um, but going out and adventuring and, oh, look at that view. And I just can stop. And there's no clock. There's no one behind me or in front of me or around me. And I can just, if I decide that that rock and my ass want to be friends for a few minutes, I'm on it. And, uh, you know, today I went out for a little jaunt and I saw three hawks swirling around together. And I don't know if they were fighting for territory or trying to show up for the Ladyhawk or what was going on. But I just kind of stopped and was yeah. like, let's watch this, yeah. you know? And and so that kind of helped remind me that that is why I'm here. But I did um, sign on for Desert Rats uh, and actually previous to that, I kind of like lined up a bunch of told people, hey, I'm, I'm going to be 50. I'm going to run out my back door and into my front door 50 miles later through the yeah. santa monica mountains bits of backbone and and um and so there was people like waiting for me to do that and, and now the pressure was really on so i kind of started to do a little training for that and and um and uh i realized that i you know it was interesting i everyone had COVID. We all had COVID, right? That not had COVID. So yeah.
0: But there it was a thing in our lives. And it was st- a definite like day. period
1: yeah. of time. And in that period of time, I um, had some real changes. Um, you know, I'm separated from my wife We're, uh I lost my mom in the very beginning, right before COVID started. Um, uh, my grandfather at the beginning of this year, um, some real heavy, heavy things, Mike dog you know just all this stuff um and i was on a road trip with my dad and i did a, a 50k in alabama and and kind of blew like went out really hard and fast and um and without a load of training and blew myself out and and came back and said you know as i always say i'm 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 an inconsistent runner. And then I realized that like, that's a lie. You're not an inconsistent runner. You're just lazy and, you know, you put things off and you don't want to just do it. Oh, it's cold. Oh, it's yeah. hot. Oh, it's, you know, and, and uh when I did that and said that, I kind of went, yeah, I'm going to try and get rid of that word for myself and my vocabulary and my description of myself. And, and um so i started to kind of train more and you know started waking up a lot earlier and getting out there super early getting i was getting back from runs before people i met most people i knew were waking up and and uh you know and it was great and um and i started to just kind of feel really great and feel good and you know i don't don't see myself gonna win a race but
0: I, uh, I definitely am out there having fun. Heck yeah, dude. Well, and you're strong, man. Like we got to observe you running. Like you're, you finished really strong that week, you know, like
1: I start really slow.
0: <laughs> that's that helps finishing strong though. You know, what did you or, find? Or I go out
1: too fast and then get slow <laughs> and then go back to getting, <laughs> then feeling stronger in the end, more than the beginning.
0: What, uh, when you're out there on the early morning runs, like can you kind of describe what that feels like doing it before the world is awake? And, you know, like, I know some people actually kind of almost it's, it's almost like a fear intimidation factor because you're out there and it could be dark and it's quiet and there's, you know, sometimes that's a little bit intimidating. Do you find that at all?
1: Um, Yes. There are factors out there that intimidate, you know, some of the wildlife can, Yeah tend to intimidate and uh i've got a fire road essentially across the street from where i live um and i'll go out on that and i can do i don't know it's like 7 miles out yeah. and back and um and and yeah it, it's a fire road i kind of know where the grooves are and i know where the potholes are and so i'm not a huge headlamp guy yeah like I personally find that a headlamp blinds you because you can only see what's in the light. A lot of people feel it's like a security blanket, and I get that in areas where I've never been. I'm I want that security blanket for sure. Yeah. Um, but but so I don't even go out with a headlamp, and I'll kind of see occasionally like, oh shit, there's a couple coyotes. <laughs> 10 feet behind me <laughs> or right next to me or yeah, you know, and but uh there's also a lot of stuff out there that speaks to me. I mean, I see some crazy amount of owls, yeah, that are just like sometimes they're just swoop right down in front of me. And I'm like, wow, that's owl.
0: And then you're like, I had the same thought this morning, man. I heard some owls in this tree. There was like two of them. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, can I take an owl just in case? Like, am I gonna be able to take one of these out? just in case it swoops at me. I think I could. I'm not sure, though. It depends who gets the first strike.
1: Yeah, I think that they would definitely just know how to handle me. Like nobody's like Mike Tyson, just boom. But I think of them more as like kind of my protectors.
0: They're majestic. They really are. are. Like every time I see one, I'm like, wow, that thing is. I don't know how to describe it besides majestic, which might be. I don't know if that's embarrassing or what.
1: Oh no, not at all. So I, I mean, I've run across a varied number of animals uh, in succession to where I've, like, I saw a lot of owls right like towards the end of my mom's life. Yeah. And then the night my mom passed, I went up on the hill above my house and right to the side of me in a, in a barren bare tree was, was an owl. That, and I just knew, Okay this is going to happen tonight. And, yeah. uh, you know, but, uh, I actually had a great, um, I was on this trail that I love and there was a just run up steep and you just fly down this amazing downhill. And, and I thought there was a little rabbit in the bush. And I was like, Oh, cute little rabbit, do do, 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 do. you know, jamming down the Hill. And, and I looked to my left and all I see is the raised tail and the little pink eye, And I was like, Whoa, it's a skunk. And so I'm like, thought I'm still jamming downhill and I'm like, okay, cool. He didn't get me. And then I get to a little uphill and I'm slowing down. I'm like, Oh fuck. I think he got me. Yeah. I think he got me. Nope. Downhill. No, He didn't get me uphill. Yeah. I think he got me. So I got to the car and I was like, Oh yeah, he got me. And, uh, so I kind of standing on the side of the road, stripped down, tied my clothes to the side view mirror. Um, so that I didn't bring the stench in the, car, the car and then, yeah. like called my friend I was staying with and I was like can you do me a favor you need to go to the store and you need to pick me up hydrogen peroxide <laughs> laundry detergent and uh baking soda and they're like what I'm like I got sprayed by a skunk and then the next then like a day later my dog got sprayed by a skunk The day after that i saw a skunk walking across the road as i was going to a job the day two days after that i saw another skunk like up where um by my wife's house and like in that cul-de-sac and i was just like there's got to be a skunk thing and so i looked up like spiritual meaning of the skunk and yeah it's actually a wicked predator you know (laughs) they don't they don't attack but they're always prepared and nobody wants to get on nobody wants a piece of them because of they sm- smell like they cow.
0: smell bad <laughs> yeah but i remember we were talking about like what's your spirit animal and you said yeah. skunk and you kind of explained it a little bit which was oh uh, cool. yeah
1: there was a there was a moment of skunk there was a moment of deer nice i don't know if i'm in the owl now or yeah or what but you know i guess you're allowed to change i don't know if there's a rule and
0: I don't think there's a rule. I'm, I'm or... going to say it right now just, without any research whatsoever. I don't know if there's a rule. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> that's a committed answer,
0: <laughs> but, uh, but man, dude, you, I mean, once you leave and it's early in the morning though, you're going to see way more wildlife. It's just, yeah, it's just part of it. They're out and about before all the yeah. humans wake up and kind of like scare them all away.
1: Yeah. And it's that's... kind of a nice time to just be out there and And to kind of ease into the day, you know, I'm not already in the middle of the day. Like I'm basically still waking up, you know, and I'm out there and and it's just kind of cruising along Do to do again, not racing, not on a time. Yeah. Yeah. I know I got to go to there and I got to go back and I got to get it done before I got to go to work, but I'm not trying to think about work too much. No. You know, as, as, as we do, when we run, the thoughts come in and thoughts go out and they, sometimes mix up and sometimes they find resolution and other times they burn the bottom of the pan
0: yeah dude it's such a wonderful way to start the day even though i will say like i never feel super warmed up like i'm never i don't feel great doing it like physically like as if i was if i went at like 10 in the morning i would feel amazing you know Mm. but it helps like mentally. It just gives me that mental break. And like you said, I just, I go do it and I'm still like half asleep. It feels like,
1: yeah, so nice.
0: Yeah. Oh. So we're recommending it. We're like, you should wake up early and go for a run.
1: Yeah. If you have the
0: time, <laughs> everyone has the time. wake up earlier. Yeah. Everyone has the time in the morning. That's the thing yeah you know,
1: wake up super early before the world is there and you get to just go and be in your little happy place
0: yeah man and you feel like you're the only person around it's awesome i don't i, don't know. I am the only person around
1: <laughs> 4 30 in the morning there is not a fucking soul around there's actually one guy and we'll wave to each other occasionally yeah. when we see each other and we'll just like make this greeting of like hey weird wake up guy and he's always like oh it's you again
0: other weird starter. wake up guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you so, should say uh, that next time. No, we
1: do. <laughs> I can't remember what he says, but I'm always like, I can't really formulate a clear name for him. So I'm like, hey, you weird wake up wearing dark clothes at night morning guy. <laughs> anyway, you know, I'm just kind of keep going.
0: Yeah. Hey. Uh, uh, cool. I've had coffee here. yet. We're all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Help me, that's amazing. Well, I want to ask uh, I do want to get into your 100 miler because I want to hear about it. But before that, like you mentioned, you know, having a lot of like heavy things on your mind, um, throughout this last year. And I'm just curious, like when you're going out and you're doing a stage race or you're doing like a 100 miler, um, are you because I know for me, like that's how I deal with my with stuff that's going on even training runs you know like if something really heavy is on my mind i go out there and sometimes i'm like intentionally thinking about it where i'm like hey this is the run where i like intentionally deal with this or process it or whatever and there are other times where um hold on a second that was my daughter um There are other times where I, I don't plan on, on having those thoughts pop up and, and kind of thinking about the like heavy things that are happening in life. And yet it just happens. Like when you went out and did desert Rats or your hundred miler, was that something you were intentionally like hoping to like, just get some space and some time for yourself?
1: I definitely knew that I would get some time for myself, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I had thought to myself, I'm going to do this. And, um, but it it never, I, I couldn't, it's, it never got set up and it just didn't. And it happened in a really strange way. Yeah. I mean, I just, I was, it was on the fourth day, the 42 mile day. And I was, uh, like I said, I had done my slow start up to the third day and then the fourth day I decided to kind of
0: dude, you were hammering it, man.
1: Yeah, you were, you know, I was kind of trying to kick in and whatever. I'd I'd never really been very um, competitive, just basically out of why put yourself out there when you could fail. And, uh, and then I was like, nah, let's just go for it. And so anyway, I, um, I got out there uh, and I was cruising, and, and it was a part where you start doing some. Series. You come out of the rose garden that next aid station, and then you go up, and you're climbing, 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 ever
0: and ever and ever. Yeah. Yeah, and,
1: and it kind of dips and it turns, and you. I just have knew I had no idea which direction I was going, if I was done climbing, if I got, a, if I had even really started climbing, or what was happening. Um, but it had been hours since I had seen anybody since the aid station, and uh, I didn't think that anybody was around or whatever. And uh, and so I um, I ended up at this kind of roundtable discussion as I'm climbing with my grandfather, who race was in June, and he had died in March, and my mom, who had died the previous. January and my grandmother who had died in 2012. Yeah. Uh, and the three of us, the four of us, and um, and my grandfather, who's a super like straight edge businessman, and it has never yelled at me in his life, and, and just is just the nicest, calmest, lovingest soul ever, who's like the rock of my existence. Um, he uh you know, you just kind of said to me, you know, you need to run efficiently. You know, just take all of your energy and make sure that you're pointing it directly at running and not wasting any of it on anything else. Yeah. Just run in a, the direction you need to go, no winding up the roads, no, you know, and take maybe take a break from all your jumping around and your dancing and you're singing and then my my grandmother used to call him teppy his last name was teppin and she chimed in and she was like teppy shut up you know you dance we love dancing and and i do i love dancing and i'm not my grandfather you know i'm i i wish that i was but i'm um and then my mom chimed in and she was like you know he is right in some areas and, and not in others. And you just, and it was just like, I kind of got it. Like, this is my crew. Yeah. You know, I went there and I felt kind of like someone had pulled out the bottom because my father's still alive. My father was, was around when I was young, but we didn't really relate well to each other. We are much better friends now. Um, you know, we get along great. And, and, um, but I felt like everything that I knew in my childhood was gone. Everyone was gone, and I yeah. was left here alone. And there was no one to pick up the phone to go, "Hey, I'm gonna go do this," or "I just got off work." Or
0: yeah, no one to toe. call, like if you need advice, and it's people that have been around yeah. like your whole entire life, yeah, Or that purpose, right?
1: And uh, and I kind of had to be reminded that that's my crew, yeah, and. You know, and then, and then, uh, a, you know, I don't know, a bunch of miles later. Um, I can't remember that a couple, oh man. I can well, picture. in that
0: section, I, if I could paint the picture, like you're probably as far back in the middle of nowhere as, as you get in that whole entire thing. Like you're way, way like up in the mountains, but you're still in the desert. You're in this really weird, like in between, almost. And like you said, you're just climbing forever, but you keep turning. So you're like, where am I? I And then you kind of like lose that sense of location, which I think like almost unlocks this whole, like, Hey, I'm going to lose my sense of self for a little bit, at least for me. Like I felt that way. Yeah. I think yeah. that's
1: a good way to put it. So many miles later, I, uh, before the next aid station, um, I heard some voices, so I turned around to make sure that they were real and it was a uh, Michael and Rose. So for, you know, painting the picture sake, Rose is a sponsored runner. She she's is a badass.
0: Unbelievable. She unbelievable. is an
1: ass kicker. Like yeah. she's that woman that walks down the street and I go to the other side because I'm not worth
0: right? it. <laughs> and same knows. with Mike too, though. Like I was like, "Whoa, oh. Mike is a amazing runner.
1: Oh, yeah. He was like, did you know that he was like an ultra running magazine of having the top 10, 100 mile times in the year one
0: year? That's insane. I mean, I don't I don't doubt it after watching him. Yeah, he
1: is uh, incredible. So the two of them were behind me a short ways enough that I could hear them talking. And I turned and I kind of said like, oh, hey, guys, I was waiting for when you were going to come and pass me. And this is the moment that my grandfather yelled at me and he was like don't you ever fucking say that. And I was like what? Why are you yelling at me? And then my mom explained that like you just gave up. Yeah. You just handed them the keys. Yeah. And uh and you don't have to do that. You can try. Why don't you try? You have energy.
0: Yeah. And so
1: I kept kind of like going and looking over my shoulder and and it's funny to hear Michael telling me the story of, from his point of view, he's like, dude, you kept looking at me. I was freaking out. He goes, you kept looking over your shoulder and looking over your shoulder and looking over your shoulder and looking over your shoulder. And then you went around a bend. And by the time we got to the bend, you were gone. <laughs> and I remember that bend and I was like, Ooh, I got to get out of you. And I just booked it. And, um, you know, so they went from being like 100 yards behind me to me waiting at the aid station and them catching up to me about five minutes behind. And then me finishing, uh, you know, less than 10 miles later, um, you know, at I, I think like a half an hour yeah. ahead of them, you know, and just cranking and, you know, and it, it's just fun.
0: yeah. Was that so like, was that like a almost like a self empowerment moment where you're like, oh, whoa, I can, like, you know, and it's, it goes so much bigger than just like running a race, but you're like, whoa, I can do these, these things in my life, you know?
1: Yeah. I don't even know if I was capable of saying that or, or, or associating to that as I was just kind of like, let's just keep going and having fun. And you're not, di- you know, you're, you're not out here. You're not dying. You're, yeah. you're, you're moving. Yeah. And, uh, and I was going and, you know, and then there was just like, I, I just was, I mean, I literally was laughing and there's a thing like that was a part where I got attacked by the fly. And I was like the fucking fly. And I'm swinging my poles around my head to try and get the fly. And I smacked myself in the head. And then I'm like trying to go up the street and then the dirt road and there's cows in the way. And I'm like, yeah, like the <laughs> Vegan guys coming after them and, you know, and then like, and then I get to the aid I'm station. I'm on your side,
0: cows. What are we yeah. doing? Yeah,
1: let's band together. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna eat you. <laughs> um, and uh, I got to the aid station, like a the, the, the couple ahead, and and uh, and I had some chafe going on, and I was like, you know, Amanda, help me. I need, I need some, whatever chafing. And uh, and then Thomas was like. He and and Paul were there, and he was like, I, "I've got some tingly toes or something toes." And I was like, "I'll put your toe on my ass." And and then he didn't have the toes, and, but he gave me some. I was like, "What about that lotion?" And he's just like this huge gob in my hand, and I like smacked it on my ass, and I took about four steps to realize that there was alcohol in the lotion. So now I am on fuego, just burning. I'm like, ah, my ass. And then I, you know, ran. I was like, I can't stop. And just like literally like pulling down my pants, running with my ass hanging out because it's just trying to cool it off. And and then the the head doctor lady who Yeah, Andrea. That you got to bring her on.
0: She she is would like have some amazing. stories. You're right. I'm I would love to.
1: She Andrea, Andrea. Yeah she is a ninja. I mean, she, this woman really good, intelligent, dry sense of humor, but you just know if all things go to hell, that's who you want to be with.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so it was going to hell, right. I was on fire and, uh, she pulled, she was like passing me. She's like, Hey Luke, you're right. And I'm like, I got it. My ass is I buy And she just reached over and hands me some diaper cream. I was like, oh,
0: Oh, diaper cream.
1: Slid my way into home.
0: Nice, man. Dude, I love it. I love the stories just from that. That specific day, too, always has the stories. And, you know, without giving too much away because we're still working on the film. But, man, there's some there's some crazy stuff. You witnessed it. Yeah. You know
1: that was a day. That was,
0: that was a, day. a day. That was a day. Um, all right, let's get away
1: from desert rats. Yeah, yeah let's we move wanted, up,
0: move on. Did. Also, this podcast now has a hard R rating. Uh
1: <laughs> oh, did I cuss a little? Holy crap.
0: That's okay. it's in my nature. Hey man, it's your nature, you know. My grandmother
1: was a cusser.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was
1: adorable. <laughs>
0: i'll just put like a disclaimer because you know i actually one you of my deep bleep me ah oh, man that's a lot of work though luke <laughs> <laughs> i'll try and bleep myself <laughs> um no man do whatever you gotta do um yeah man i want to hear about the hundred miler so a couple like i was probably like a month ago or a month and a half ago you went out you ran your very first 100 miler um yep. and i mean i'd like to just hear like. The story obviously but also just like what's your what was your kind of takeaway from doing a 100 miler after doing all these other ultras you know all these other years you know like without jumping up to that distance right away um it, it's kind of that thing of
1: experience you know that that you've if you experience and you're out there and you experience pain and then you just keep going yeah, And it transforms into some other pain possibly, or it just goes away, you know, and, and, and that, or even with the pain, you can still keep going. Yeah. And you might end up with it in the end. And like I said, I've had them where I'm like, oh, this is a real problem. Yeah. My hip is really hurting or my ankle or Achilles or something is, this is going to be bad, and then just keep going and let's see how it goes and aid station to aid station. And then all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. You know, that kind of, uh, I, I think, and, and the other thing is um. eating and drinking just those three kind of bits of experience for me that I've just held on to, to remind myself of, you know, drink a lot of water the few days before eat a lot the few days before. Um, and then, you know, the morning of a race, I pound like a, a liter. I pound yeah. a liter, drink a liter before I go to bed I drink a liter, electrolyte liter when I'm up before the race ever starts. And then, um, you know, eat a bowl of oatmeal and, whatever else, you know, and just keep plugging in the food. Yeah. And then I've always found that I have had real problems when one of those two is not present. If I am not do not have the food, I know that we said I'm ending in Desert Rats, but the very first day of Desert Rats, you know, I was in Moab and I got some crappy Thai food and I just basically bleeped my pants for two days prior to the race. And so I showed up with nothing in me.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's I, a and you're already at a major disadvantage.
1: Yeah. And so I didn't rock the first day. Yeah. And then I was afraid the second day.
0: You the know, second so day you should have been afraid, but that's because of it was so hot.
1: I heard it was warm, but
0: it was it was a bit it warm. Later. It was he put that out of his mind. Uh <laughs> dude, we if you yeah.
1: you know, if you have a lot of water in your, you know, you're, you're well hydrated. Yeah. And, and if you're going to, you know, let's just visit on desert races in the heat. Like I did not the whole entire summer, you know, the Valley area where I work, uh, gets up in the hundreds a lot. And, and I did not roll up my, you know, I didn't roll up my windows and turn on the air conditioning the entire summer. Yeah. I didn't turn on the air conditioning in the house. Thankfully. I mean, Sometimes the kids hated me and they were like, can you dad please? And so I would just to get them to go to bed. And, but, um, but you know, just, just doing that to yourself and, and not taking away that creature comfort of air conditioning and, and where I, you know, grew up knowing if you're going to stop and the sun's out, stop in the shade, I would purposely stop in the sun. Yeah. And I would, you know, like I said, be on the, in the car and all the windows are down and then the phone rings and, you know, people can't hear you. And so you roll up the windows,
0: but now you have no there. air conditioning in there,
1: no air conditioning, and then get really deep into it and go for a little spa, free spa section and turn on the heat. Yeah. And then you're just baking and it's great too. Cause then you really just want to get off the phone. Yeah. <laughs> As you can now tell, I can chat like a Mother, you're me. like
0: efficient, you're efficient on the phone.
1: Yes, yeah, as my grandfather always wanted.
0: <laughs> um, dude, well, let me, I gotta ask this because I've never been 80, 90, 100 miles into a race. Do you just get tired of eating food? Because even during this 50k I did a couple weeks ago, like, no, I don't think I'd ever I ever got like tired of eating food, but I was like, all right, like I'm kind of over. This super sugary stuff, you know, that you have at these aid stations and whatnot, like, and I, you know, you have to eat, and that my stomach never turned, but it was just like, oh, like, I can't imagine doing this for twenty more hours and eating this food for twenty more hours. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and thankfully, I did not. Okay, it was actually something you told me. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> One of our first <laughs> conversation, What did Pastor you said- Chris say? I need you this said advice. eat, yeah. get used to eating. Yeah. Just don't stop. Like if you're, yeah. and so I took that to be like on my training runs, part yeah. of my training became eating. Yeah. So I would always bring stuff with me and, you know, so I go up to an aid station and I grab a potato whether yeah. I'm hungry or not. Um, yeah. Spring gels are not too bad. They're, they're pretty good. I got to give a shout out to my, uh, my homie Melissa makes the baddest potato burrito Ooh. ever, and so she met me like 55 miles in, and she was like, Here, and handed me like three of her potato burritos. And I was just, it was heaven, I mean, yeah, they were awesome. And uh, and so no, I just didn't stop eating, I didn't, you know, I knew that I had to eat and I knew that that what I eat I eat all the time yeah. hopefully it doesn't bore me and sometimes the spring gels don't work for me but I was really kind of trying to be methodical about it
0: yeah yeah well I guess we should even mention like what was the race
1: uh so it was um uh the Kodiak 100 in Big Bear that's right Big Bear, California it starts at uh, about 7,000 000- Feet of elevation and the peak is at mile, what, 78, 75, you peak, um, 10,000 feet or 9,995 or something yeah, like that. Almost so yeah. 10,000. Um, and there's, I don't know, I can't remember 19,000 feet of elevation gain. I don't okay. know have to look that up to.
0: Yeah. Back check me. Pretty like mountainous terrain though.
1: Yeah. But worse than the mountainous terrain was the loose rock Mm. of it. I mean, and loose baby head size rocks.
0: Yeah. Oh, it
1: was, so it was a lot of like runnable sections that you'd be running along. And all of a sudden you just get to a rock garden and you're like, yeah, I gotta stop. I can't even like, I'm going to twist the, you know, you're not even going to twist your ankle. You're going to twist your whole head off. (laughs) Just like, And then there was one of those that I happened to come upon at a probably one o'clock in the morning. And let's all be real who sleeps well before the first night, before the night of an all. Yeah. You
0: you're already up for so long, probably.
1: And then I did not sleep. I don't even know if I slept the night before. Yeah. As I was just, but I was tired and there was this Jeep Hills and, That i looked at this these climbs and i was like i don't even think a jeep could get up these because it's such loose boulders yeah it it was it was and i think that part was a lot tougher for me than than climbing because i do a lot of climbing but not loose to the back where you can't run up or down and yeah so there was a lot of that tough terrain and, and, uh, you know, I took off, started feeling strong and, and fell in with a group from Vegas. What up Vegas beeps. And, uh, they were, you know, as you start rolling along and, uh, you, you start hearing the resumes of, Oh, I just got second place at the, you know, at, uh, Bryce Canyon 100. I was like, Oh, wow maybe I shouldn't run with these people <laughs> so I was cruising along and then we started this one area down in Siberian Canyon I think it's called uh and it was really off camber and loose like loose granity decomposed granite kind of loose your feet are sinking and it's and uh I was wearing hokas and I and I had the torrents and I had been really good and feeling really good with them for a couple of years, and. Runs and races in them and and the off-camber on the outside of my right foot as the uphill was on my right. I'm trying to paint a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot me. Well, you will never get it, but that's just me. Um, so I'm I, the the shoe is is raised up on the outside. So the the whatever dip beneath of the shoe beneath yeah. your ankle bone, your metatarsal. Your medial metatarsal, as my friend Nicole told me, um, was like pressing, kept hitting that part of the shoe. And it just made this like, my ankle bone became so tender. Yeah. And, you know, and that was, so I definitely wanted to whine about that a bit and cry. Oh my
0: God, yeah, my ankle.
1: And then you get down there and it's blazing hot and and now you're you have a three and a half mile steep climb up just to get to mile 25
0: oh my gosh
1: so you get out at 25 and you're and i'm looking you're like I'm just beat like,
0: up yeah
1: i am beat my quads are shot i'm 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 you know crawling and, and i'm you know the passing the the we're the walking wounded i'm passing people that are they're passing me and we're just all like Oh, you know, again, the whining fest. And, and, uh, and so I took a little rest there and then a friend of ours, Thomas pulled up and and then he and I took more of a rest. I think I might've been there for 45 minutes or something at that aid station. And then I, I walked, Yeah, I walked until for another 10 miles, um, just didn't even try to run just walked
0: was there any thought of like i'm not going to be able to get this done like when you're yes. forced to walk at mile 30 are you like yes. oh my gosh there's 70 more miles
1: yes as i was coming up that hill feeling my quads i was like i i blew it yeah there's no fit like i'm crying at 25 and there's 75 more are you out of your <laughs> sleep in mind eh? you know and and it just so yeah i was i was feeling pretty beaten but as you know it was great conversation it was like epic i love that guy and and you know we just really kind of like had a lot of connection and 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 like i said these ultras that's that part of it is super important to me um and because i my rubber band ball stretches out and i find my conversation deeper than any conversation that i can have I get distracted super easy, and, yeah. And, uh, um, and so uh, at a, about 30 something, 34, I kind of thought, Oh, maybe I want to run a little. And then, you know, 35, I was kind of like, mm, Yeah, I feel it. And I kind of looked over, and Thomas was like, Hey, man, don't wait for me. You know, it's a beautiful <laughs> Texas accent, and he's like, Yeah, go get it if you feel it have fun with that.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm right here walking, you yeah. know, and, and man on a mission. And, uh, and I, and I did, and then I got to an aid station and, and they people there just made me feel better. Cause they looked as bad as I felt. Yeah. Um, and I got out of there and, and uh, y- you know, I strangely had a little bit of a weird purpose at that point was that it was going to get dark mm. and it was going to get, you know, went from being like 80, 90 degrees outside to now going to be at nighttime in the 30s and, you know, 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had no jacket and I had no headlamp. Or I think I might have had a headlamp. But um, I'm not sure if I did. Anyway, yeah. I, um, but Thomas didn't have a jacket or a headlamp. Yeah. And he was like, when I get cold, man, I'm, it is hard for me to come back. Yeah. I was like feeling it. And I just kind of like booked it. And I was like, this was not a request. This was not a like thing, but I put it in my mind. I set myself up for a little mission, like get there, get to his crew member who I knew would be there. Get a jacket, give them warning that he needs a jacket. Yeah. I need a jacket. They have a jacket for me. And I just found a beautiful rhythm in the dark, you know, as it was getting dark without a headlamp doing yeah. my thing in the in the fading light and uh and I got there and 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 then from that point forward I felt revived and and uh you know I ran into that aid station at 47 and uh I ran out of there and and you know when I got to that kind of 1:30 to the 1 to 3 o'clock hours I was slugging along and having a moment but but um but yeah, it was was good. And then, um, you know, I kept going. I tried to take a nap that didn't work. Um, I uh, cra- you know, crawled my way up that climb to 10,000 feet and came and as the sun was rising and and as we started coming down, my my pacer, Monica was like, you know, when we get a chance, and she's just like the sweetest little energizer bunny. Just never stops this one. You like it, it, I've never run with her where she said we did grand candy together and you yeah. know th- other excitements and, and adventures, and like, ah, I'm dying. How are you doing, Monica? Oh, fine, fine. <laughs> I'm fine. You know, it's like 30 something Mighty Mouse, and yeah. uh, and and she was just this cheery, great person to be around, and, and um. And as, as were, you know, the pacers I had were awesome, Cindy leading me through the darkness and, you know, like, Hey, Cindy, and she's got her deaf ear and I'm like, Hey, come on, wait, you know, anyway, there was more funniness and and she's like, I got to take a pee. And I said, you know what? I need to, I need to find a dirt nap. And, and, and I found it. I looked over and there was a tree and a little mound. And I just said, wake me up in 10 minutes. And, uh, and I kind of raised my head up again and, and she was like, I gave you two extra minutes. And I was like, OK, good, let's go. And so we headed on down and we got to the next aid station and they're like, we need to warn you, you might miss the cutoff.
0: No way, really?
1: And I was like, what? Me? I'm going to miss a cutoff? What the? Like, I've dropped, but not.
0: Yeah. Start not often. Yeah. I got
1: all like, what? Gosh, no. <laughs> and, um, I can't be that. And, uh, <laughs> and so I turned to Monica and I was like, you ready to run? She's like, yeah. And so we, uh, it was five miles down to the next aid station where they would pull me. Yeah. And, uh, and I ran, we ran yeah. down to that next aid station and, and that just you know, I did not feel like I could run. I did not feel up to it and, and forcing myself to run downhill for five miles. Um, and, uh, you know, and then running into a guy that I'd put in a lot of miles with, um, you know, after 40, you know, for, a, we were passing each other since, since I don't even in the thirties to the fifties. And, and, uh, and he was like, yeah, I think I'm done, man. I'm, I'm not going to make it. And I'm like, you have done hard rock in like 18 races. What are you talking about? Yeah. Fucking youngster, get with it. Shut up and go finish. <laughs> and uh he's like, Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, and I was like, Well, I'm out of here. And uh, so we ran and it revitalized me and yeah. uh pulled in at 80 and um Shinya uh took over for Monica and, and he's my samurai and uh Man, we just took it, and we, you know, went. And then there's a really brutal two and a half mile, eighteen hundred feet of gain, or something like that. Oh, that's at, rough. At mile ninety-two. Oh,
0: that's so evil! Why? It was
1: evil, <laughs> and and I don't know what happened, but I just started we cranked that entire thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, at one point he was like, you almost dropped me. It's like my heartbeat was at like 175, and I just don't know. I was just just slamming the sticks in. You're
0: mad. You're like, I
1: gotta get this done. I was, no, I was so in the, like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) And I think I was just beyond (laughs) the pain. Yeah. It was beyond it. I was like, come on. It's, it's not going to get any worse you know, these legs aren't going to get any worse or better. You just got to <laughs> keep going, you know, f them. they can just do you guys. I'll talk to you later.
0: Yeah. see You later. You know, like,
1: what was that one guy? That there was some, some bike bicyclist, uh, you know, get this like crazy velodrome victory and, and fastest time. And and his big thing is like, shut up legs. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I was just doing that. I was just like, shut up legs. Let's go. And, um, and then there's an aid station at 94 and they, you know, they, they go woo and they ring their cowbells. Yeah. These people were cheering Yeah, and they were hollering and they were cowbelling. And, and I was like, this is amazing. And we ran into there and they were like, you know, I had my, I was number 69, which I think. Which 80, I have to
0: say, I saw that. And I was like, of course he was. Of course he was. I was just like, I I actually talked to a Cornejo who ran or who was out there at Desert. So I'm like, guess what number Luke is during his hundred miler? And he's like, he just had, he only needed one guess. My God. <laughs> Dude. So how was the finish? Like, did you feel strong the rest of the way or what?
1: Uh, yeah, we got up to 94 and the next people were like 45 minutes. They had left that aid station 45 minutes before us. Wow. And I was like, Shinya, we can catch them. Come on, (laughs) let's get them. And, uh,
0: Your friend hasn't been like, he's losing, he's lost it. He's lost it. He's lost his mind.
1: He was like, I do not understand what's going on, but let's go. You know, he's just the, he's the, he's just, awesome yeah awesome 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 dude and uh and um and i didn't realize that you know we got about mile or mile to two miles from the end and i was like okay i'm tired i'm gonna walk yeah you know and i came in five minutes behind those guys wow i should have ran i could (laughs) have done it but i had myself a sprint finish you know i got down to the end and i was like and again kind of like i've done before as i start i was like all right i'm gonna run across the finish line as i'm running i'm like holy shit the finish line's a lot further away than i thought i
0: started too early i started started too too early early, yeah but
1: now they're watching me (laughs) so it was really it was it was you know and and some other you know um Kathy and Rich had been crewing me the entire time. And, and, uh, and, and were just there. And they're just, you know, again, amazing. Yeah, people around me, to which when I was in that kind of suffering, you know, enjoying that suffer fest in the, the 30s. You know, I thought about the people that we're on their way to bring me a potato burrito or that we're on their way to, to pace or that we're out there all night, ready to be out there all night crewing. And, and I was just like, I don't even know how I've ended up knowing people like this and knowing people like you, Chris, you're like an amazing, loving, wonderful, exudes, beauty guy. And like, you know, man, I I just, um, awed by it all. And, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of that, that just at times it's kept me going.
0: Yeah, no, man. I think that's like, and you talked about the community aspect of just trail running in general, but I think that's part of it too, is you realize like, Hey, you're not going to get through this thing by yourself. And this thing in this case is a hundred mile race, but in reality, it's just life. You know what I mean? Like in life, you're not gonna get through it by yourself. Like you just aren't, you need to be, you need those other people and that you need their support and you also need to be supporting them. So they're given that support back, you know?
1: Yeah, so. it's definitely that whole independent, interdependent thing, you know, you can't, you know, we've gotta, we learn learned to build ourselves up to be better for those around us and, 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 and to, build off of their experience and knowledge and yeah and love and joy and to be able to accept what they're you know channeling giving to you so yeah you know
0: but you're adding to that too you know what i mean like you get a that's the experience of just being a human i think is like you're experiencing that and feeling that but you're adding to it and I'll, I'm always just like, what, what are you adding to the human experience? Like, what are you adding this positivity or are you adding negativity to it? Like, it's really,
1: well, I think well, we get a choice and in, in, in ultras, we get a choice because no one's going to yeah. fault you for, for, for bitching no. about the pain that you're in after an yeah. unreasonable amount of hours <laughs> yeah. and, and miles yeah. and, and rocks and, weather and you know no one's going to be like oh you're such a lamp
0: yeah but you
1: you know but i've also you can make a choice i mean i have to make that choice because i'm super easy to go into the whiner yeah and but i i like to kind of you know i like to dance when i get to an aid station yeah you know i I mean literally
0: or to a film crew
1: i like to dance when i see i like to dance when i see people (laughs) <laughs> you know, when yeah. I see if I'm in the middle of the desert and I see another person, I'm just so excited, I'm like, woo, yeah. And,
0: no, I feel it, man. You know, I yeah, man. Well, and I think like to to what you just said, like it's kind of the same in life, like people understand, like it's been a hard couple years for a lot of for everybody in many ways. And it's like you understand if if someone is a bit negative, you know, but the people you, I remember that like really stick out in my mind are the people who have gone through those hardships and yet are able to maintain their like love and, and positivity and their like support of other people. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, and, and being on that, you know, being a desert rat, you just get a, a lot of days with people. Yeah. So you get to know more than yeah. you do in a single day race where you're passing someone, maybe you're, Leapfrogging them, but but you know, there's not a lot, not extensive amount of time to to get to know them, and you know, and you can show up and kind of, you know, hey, look at my big load of woes, and then they'll kind of drop theirs, so and you kind of go, oh, I'm going to close mine back up, and you know, maybe I can now stop talking and start listening, and yeah. just, you know, I've had someone say to me something at Nazareth. They said something to me that it just I didn't know what to to do or to say. I just stopped and went and gave him a hug.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: was like, is all I know.
0: Yeah. Here. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what, and I just love like you're interacting with people you wouldn't normally interact with in like everyday life. Probably, you know, like my favorite thing was you and Jason, who's also been on the podcast once again, (laughs) contributing to the theory that of how Chris gets podcast, podcast guests. Um, But Jason's just like inc- this incredible guy, but you guys kind of became friends. And it was just funny to me because one, just like he's a bit taller than you. So like the look- total
1: Laurel and Hardy, <laughs> yeah. he's not a bit taller than me. He's like a f- foot taller <laughs> than me and probably a hundred pounds.
0: Yeah. He's on me,
1: you know, but he gives a great hug.
0: And you guys came from like different backgrounds and all this stuff. And yet, yet this breaks you down into this area where like you're seeing each other for the most important parts of of you. You aren't seeing your differences. You're like realizing how much you have in common, which is really cool. (laughs) which is awesome, man. But dude, I got, okay. So to kind of wrap up, uh, if you kind of distilled down into like one kind of concise big lesson that you've learned just from ultra running or trail running um even like i guess we could even talk about like just in this these last two events which have been really big big events if you distill down like one lesson to that what would that lesson be for you, you
1: should ask me this question a long time ago so i didn't time to
0: think well i should have i should have, yeah man, come on. Come you don't have you don't have like one big life lesson just on the spot, ready to go. <laughs> um
1: well, I I have a big life lesson that I that I say to myself, but I'm not really sure if uh well, I I would think that possibly it's that you know, we this I don't know that I have this crew with me at all times. Yeah. And um and you know, I, I don't know if that's my big life lesson. I, I, uh, I kind of got my barometer of like, can I tell my boys this, you know, I got Riley nine, Gavin 11, Grayson's 13, at any part of their ages in their lives, what I'm doing, can I say that I've done what I'm doing to them? Yeah. You know, um, so I don't, that's kind of a barometer, but I don't know that that, I just had to say their names. I'm just giving a shout out. To my dudes, <laughs> my loves, my little squeeze monkeys. Um you know, eh, eh, so I don't really know what my, what my, well, it's
0: almost from what, just from what I've heard from your story is like you it's, it's almost this reminder of like the people we love, they're, their lessons, like they, they pass things down to us. Like the, your family members will pass things down to you. Um, you know, like I, I realized I just said that and that's like the most obvious thing of all time, but the idea is like their lessons are a part of you. They're like, they don't leave you. They're always going to be there in those lessons or just like you mentioned, like when you are describing your grand grandfather, just like the way they were, that is always going to be a, a part of you. And you're always going to have like the access to it. Like when you are talking about, he was very kind and, and businesslike. like that is going to be a part of you. Like that's in there, you know? And I think like here- as
1: much as one would hope though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you don't have a mullet. We've discussed so it's business-like. But you know what I mean, like that—that that doesn't leave. Like though, the person like physically can leave you. That aspect will just always kind of like inherit you to a certain extent and help guide you along the way. Which I, I think, think is amazing. maybe my
1: takeaway. Maybe my takeaway is is you know sometimes you're gonna run, and other times you're gonna walk. But you just keep going. Yeah, just keep and and when you think you're you're going to, that the, the whole bottom has dropped out and, and it's all gone to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. It's going to get better. And, and you just got to keep going because maybe it's not all about you. Maybe it's not all about me that I'm running. Maybe I'm doing this and I gotta, I gotta show the boys, maybe, it you know, I know that this, you know, like this weekend was a past weekend was like a memorial of his six month passing. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, and I came away and I, it was just me and the boys that went up there and, um, to be with family. And, and I came out of there and I, and I realized that, you know, that, that I'm not alone because they're they're with me yeah. and I'm here with them. And, I, and, and, you know, I just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And if I can ever teach them a lesson or anyone, it's just, just keep going. Yeah. Who cares what you're thinking. You're thinking about whatever the hell's going on just keep going yeah you can do it if you just keep going
0: and like things will turn itself around sometimes yeah. like unexpectedly oh yeah and you'll be up yeah. on top of a mountain at mile 93 just yelling like
1: yeah yeah oh yeah you know am yelling and dancing and <laughs> 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 see <ya>. Ow. <laughs> nice oh, man
0: yeah. well well i love it luke thank you so much for coming on and sharing dude i really appreciate it it. and hopefully hopefully we'll see you soon yeah hopefully be in your neck of the woods soon heck yeah man all right talk soon all right that wraps up the episode uh huge thanks to luke we actually did get to go on a run together on monday because (laughs) because i think i read a text wrong and Luke was just, he was out in the area, in the Denver area, and he was basically telling me about a breakfast place, but I thought he was asking me to go to breakfast on Monday and I was like, oh, dude, I'd love to, but I have to teach at seven in the morning. So like, you know, I usually can't swing a a breakfast morning before work. Um, and But, but then I was like, but then, but we could go on a run at 5 a.m. Because for some reason i won't go out to breakfast but i will run up a mountain in the dark at 5 a.m uh so long story short we ended up meeting at north table mountain um went for a run there i brought him a headlamp uh and it was a misadventure and you know what i am grateful that i can have misadventures on random mondays before work like completely unexpected you know and this misadventure, this particular misadventure was completely my fault because I'm an idiot. Um, so, I brought him a headlamp. I had my phone. I was like, I'll just use my phone uh, for a light. And I just haven't had time to go to the store. And I haven't been able to get batteries. And I know that headlamp was dying. And I knew it was like struggling with batteries. But I found some batteries in like a random drawer in my house. And I was like, oh, perfect. These batteries are totally going to work. But they weren't like actually in a package, which is always a sign. It's always a sign where you, those batteries aren't going to work. You know, like every time you open a drawer and you just find like a random battery guaranteed for some reason, you took it out of something. And you instead of like getting rid of the battery, you're like, I'm going to put it in this drawer for, for safekeeping. Uh, so I, I put the, the the batteries in the headlamp. And I turned it on, and it was super bright for for a second. And I was like, oh, cool. So I turned it off. I was like, oh, perfect. We're going to be fine. (laughs) Anyways, I put it in my Costco headlamp because before we went out and filmed this summer, we did a Costco run. And we were like, do you think you need headlamps? I'm like, yeah, man, throw them in. And we got like a four-pack of headlamps for some reason for, I don't know, like 20 bucks. Why is there a four-pack of headlamps? I don't, for four people, I guess, and um, I don't do equipment reviews on here, but I gotta be honest the 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 four pack headlamps from Costco pretty good, pretty good, unless you forget batteries, and so complete user error this is why like sometimes when you read reviews of products online, you do have to take things with a grain of salt because I'm like, this was a complete user error by me. I could go on Costco and be like one star. Like your headlamp caused my friend Luke to trip on a rock. Um because we were going up North Table Mountain, headlamp died like almost immediately. And I was just I spent the whole run like apologizing like I'm so sorry man, I'm I'm so sorry. And he was like, "Yeah, dude, no big deal, whatever." Um and lo- I guess it's not a super entertaining story because we just went on a six mile run. It was super fun and we caught up and chatted and all this stuff, but we did it while sharing the light from my iPhone running right next to each other, which was a fun bonding experience. So I was down with it. Um, (laughs) yeah, but anyways, I just wanted to thank Luke. Uh, like I said, in the intro, it's been really fun getting to know him over the last year. Uh, he's a great runner he's a strong strong runner he's finished uh the race i watched him finish strong he completed a 100 miler it's impressive to me it really truly is and the more people i know that are taking on their first 100 milers and and the more people i know who who have ran these and talk to me um it's it's really inspiring it's intriguing uh and all that so um so yeah i'm trying to formulate what the next adventure is and i'm honestly i honestly don't know yet i want to do something that's meaningful to me um and you know when i when i talk to luke and hear about kind of like the emotional journey i'm like that's what i crave through these races and to hear when other people get to have an experience like that you know that's that's really what drives me through or pushes me through you know um and just for kind of uh, future reference for you guys, we do have another desert rat coming on uh, maybe next week, maybe in a few weeks. Um, I interviewed her last night, Sabrina white. She's incredible. Uh, <laughs> we had a great conversation, but I also got to hear about her very first 100 miler, uh, which was at the Yeti 100. And I'm, I'm excited for that episode too. So, uh, so yeah so maybe i do participate in desert rats to get guests for the podcast i don't know or maybe you know what i meet people at this thing it's a really close bonding experience and i'm fascinated by their stories and want to come on here and share them with with you guys you know when you meet someone who's really interesting or someone you know you you look up to uh it is something for me, like when I meet someone like that, I'm like, Oh, I want to one selfishly, I want to sit down and talk with them for an hour. Um, but two, I also think like people should know this person, like this person's cool. Uh, this person has a cool story or a unique perspective and things like that. So, um, so yeah, that wraps up the episode this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and we'll be back with you next week. See ya.